In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome. First, want to welcome Father Donat and his wife Janet with us. God bless you uh, from uh, back east. Um, so um, this was a very confusing homily for me to prepare. So at the beginning of the week, I always read the scriptures, kind of jot down an outline of kind of what I want to say. And then we had a meeting with the Central Coast clergy, and Paul, Father Paul Wisenen delivered a reflection on the mystery of God. And it totally confused me. <laughs> like I had, you know, you kind of have a direction for a homily, and then all of a sudden... And man, it took a complete left turn. It went into another time zone. So uh, I began to read the scriptures that were read today in relationship to this very thing, that uh, life is a mystery. In fact, one of Father Paul's important points was, I can't remember who the quote was from, but he said the most obvious fact in creation is that there's mystery and we don't know it <laughs> and you begin to see it, it it just grows I mean science grows the understanding of what we know always is growing in fact we've decided I think now that the universe is ever expanding we'll never see the end of it so there's mystery there's this sense incredible sense of mystery and so we Look at, then, life, I think. Um, the things we go through and difficulties, the virtues we're to acquire, uh, living kind of in good times and bad times, uh, under the guidance of the Good Shepherd, as a mystery. So what do I mean? So I began to look at life this way. So the mystery of the cross, we call something that crucified our Lord life-giving. The mystery of death that transforms us, transmits us to life everlasting. The mystery of the incarnation, God becoming man. God becoming man. How did this happen? in the womb of a teenager. Are you getting it yet? The mystery? How did this happen? The angels were perplexed at this. Sinners becoming saints. Fishermen changing the world. Fishermen. The healing of the sick, the raising of the dead. Mystery. The mourning being comforted. The poor being made rich. Your sins are forgiven you. They're washed away, pushed away. Mystery. Humanity has been given the opportunity to touch divinity. 
You have an angel that is with you every minute of your life. There's a great prayer to the angel, and you should pray it every day. It's very important to kind of get to know your angel. Forgive me every day wherein I've sinned against you every day of my life. Protect me from all influence and temptation, evil one. May I never anger God by any sin. Pray for me to the Lord that he make me worthy of all blessed Theotokos and of all the saints. Amen. That little line in there is your angel. Forgive me for all the things I've done to offend you. <laughs> He's been with you all the time. A mystery that we have been given the blessing to go to paradise. Not just when we pass, but to, exp to, uh, to touch it in, in some way now. So these mysteries, because God has visited his people. God has come to us to visit us. And so this mystery then has been revealed to us through a particular person. Who is that? Who revealed the mystery? Jesus Christ came to reveal the mystery. Our minds were futile, our hearts were darkened, and Christ came, opened to us the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, the mysteries of life. So, when we look at this and begin to understand that to experience the, this mystery and to, and to enter into it, we need to be with Christ. A relationship with Jesus Christ is the key to understanding the mysteries. He came to reveal those mysteries to us. In Ephesians it says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, and, uh, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. For he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That God came to reveal this mystery to us so that we could live in him and understand and be partake of this mystery. So, now back to the text. <laughs> so, wow, when we look at this in, in 1 Corinthians, St. Paul's letter to, to Corinth, um, his second letter, um, it's interesting because this is a challenge. Paul was challenged. His apostleship was challenged. And the challenge was that if you're living the Christian life and you're, good, and you're a good apostle, only good things should be happening to you. Only good things, right? You pray to God, everything happens well. You're a Christian, nothing bad happens to you, right? You don't get in car accidents. You don't get sick. If you get sick, you pray and you get well. All these things, if you're really living the Christian life, then nothing bad should happen to you, and everything should be great. So Paul's, Paul's response to this is, uh, but as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonment, tumults, labors, watching, and hunger. This is the sign of the apostleship. This is the sign of being a Christian person. 
We need to learn to struggle with Christ in these struggles of life that we have. In hunger and watching and labors and tumults, we have to learn to struggle with him. We are called, beloved, I'm sorry to say, to be co-sufferers with him. We suffer with Christ and Christ with us. How do you get to know Jesus Christ? When things get hard, you turn to him and he shows up in a powerful way because he knows this. He knows your suffering. He knows your struggle. He knows the difficulties of your life. And he's come to suffer with you. And you can get it. You can get deep into this relationship when you get this. You are a co-sufferer. And you need to understand how powerful that is. How beautiful that is when you lean into him and he touches you in his suffering and you touch him in his suffering. Things change. It sanctifies that suffering. All these things that St. Paul said, endurance, afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, tumults, labors, watching and hunger, all were sanctified times in his life because Christ was with him. So if t- when things get tough, you know, it's like that was the old athletic thing. When things get tough, the tough get going, right? No, when things get tough, turn to Christ. That's not the right thing. The tough don't get going. They might for a while, right, on their own strength, but only in Christ do we get this. We have to turn to him in these times. These times, the the saints don't see these times as bad. They see them as difficult, but not bad. Because in these times, we find Christ intimately. So, important. Then he goes on to say, listing the virtues that he uh, has practiced and acquired. By purity, knowledge, forbearance, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God, with all the weapons of righteousness on his right hand and on the left. So how do we then um, acquire living a virtuous life? By trying really hard. Really hard. Really hard to love, really hard to be patient. Just make a really hard effort. No. You do what we did with the difficult thing. You turn to Christ. Christ is your righteousness. The Psalms, there's no one good on earth. No, not one. In fact, we say before the liturgy, it's always kind of this incredible moment, before you take communion, the priest says, uh, holy things are for the holy. What do you sing? One is holy. One is the Lord Jesus Christ, to the glory of God the Father. Who's the holy one? Raise your hand if you're the holy one. Very good. Very good. The holy one's there. You turn to him. Christ is for us then. Those virtues. He is virtue. 
He is that to us. And when we dwell in Him, we become like Him. And in that likeness, we begin to practice the virtues that we've been blessed with at baptism. This is a powerful life. The mystery is revealed to us in Christ. The mystery of how to be a good person. Try harder. No, turn to Christ. Turn to Christ. And then finally, these incredible dichotomies that he comes with. He almost, there's almost a pleasure in the way they're presented. In honor and dishonor. In ill repute and good repute. We are treated as imposters. <laughs> yet we're true. As unknown, yet well known. As dying, but behold we live. As punished, yet we're not killed. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, yet possessing everything. This is the life of the Christian person. We've been given, beloved, a faith against which nothing can be done. We've been given a Lord that's with us in all these things and all these times. That when we come to these points in life where we're sorrowful, we find in Christ we can rejoice. We can understand and get how we can live in this sense of dichotomy, in this sense of sorrow and joy, of death and life. How, how does that work for us? It works because in Christ, there, that mystery is revealed to you. In sorrow, you will find rejoicing. In being punished, you'll, re, you'll, you'll glorify God because you're not being killed. You're actually being saved. In being unknown, you'll be well known in Christ. We come to a point, I think, where understanding this relationship with Jesus Christ is the center and focal point of our life, and all this stuff begins then, then, then to make sense to us. We begin to understand it in a really powerful, deep way. So life is a mystery, but Christ reveals that mystery to us, and we, as we live in him and with him, those things that seem a bit uh, difficult become salvation. Those virtues that seem far off become attainable. And that which is given to us for our salvation, uh, that struggle that was given to us, we see that as a means to paradise. The mysteries have been revealed. Very beautiful. So I commend this to you, that you make a effort every day to draw near to Christ and dwell in union with him. That should be every day, all day long, that should be your effort. And when you fail, repent and get back on the horse. This is how we are to live as Christian people. All these things in life will be beautiful to us in him and only in him. So let me finish this beautiful verse in these verses in Ephesians. 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the depth and the length and the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him is able to exceedingly abundantly do ab uh, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. God be with us all. All week long. <laughs>